and welcome to Pedantic Hand Waving, the podcast that tries to explain fictional worlds using science. I'm Simon. And I'm Jeff. Good, clean <laughs> audio. <laughs> I should have had a thing ready, but it just like, as soon as I started, I was like, everything left my brain. I was like, I don't even know what we're doing, what's going on, where I am. <laughs> The, the disadvantage is to recording on a weeknight. Yeah, after a full week of work and then me having to get up tomorrow early to go get on a flight. One of our favorite episodes to record was, uh, at least one of mine, was the Cryptids episode. Yep, nope, that was pretty fun. I remember not remembering it. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Probably one of the best parts of it was the fact that I had to listen to it afterwards and I was like, I have... No memory of this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I think I continued drinking absinthe, writing cryptid-based haikus, <laughs> and then just, like, wandered out into the street at, like, one in the morning, in the middle of a week. Like, I had to work the next morning, but <laughs> did not stop me. Hey, it's that that's the hard life of a podcaster. You, know, yeah, you gotta right. make sacrifices sometimes. <laughs> Drunken cryptid benders. <laughs> yeah, so so we decide we're gonna revisit it because you know there's always more cryptids. There's always more cryptids. People keep on thinking that naked men in the woods are something. And uh well, most of them are naked men in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 you know that's that's just fodder for us. It's just fodder. Because we'll find a way to explain them. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We'll be able to have long, detailed discussions about cryptids and their yep. total existence. Yep. And you, listener, get to listen in on that. Congratulations, and I'm sorry. Congratulations. For anyone, for some reason, I don't know why you wouldn't know this, but I guess maybe you wouldn't. Cryptids are... I think their specific definition, and Jeff may be able to correct me on this, because this seems like something that he would definitely know about. They are right. creatures of which there's no physical specimen of, right? There's They're only, like, it's only Anecdotal through, like... Anecdotal sightings and, and people claiming that this is a footprint or these are their droppings. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, so, yeah, probably, probably a good definition would be that there's no actual specimen that's what i think because i was looking into the the giant salamander that lives on top of a mountain in california Mm -hmm. and they're like it's technically encrypted because nobody's caught it but giant salamanders are real things (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like uh, last episode we did a lot of american cryptids um we're probably going to continue to do american cryptids uh you should listen to it if i mean i guess probably magical based on my Fleeting memory. <laughs> uh, I, I also, it's, this is not a sequel, so you don't need to listen to that one to listen to this one. But if you enjoy this one, that one also exists. I thought you were going to say that one's better. <laughs> I, but I guess we don't know that yet. <laughs> yeah, I do know. So the one thing I do remember from the last one that I love very much is that we had a long discussion about the Chupacabra. And... <laughs> Uh, if it would be possible to survive off of nothing but blood meals. And I had the idea that the chupacabra doesn't have lungs, so it has to survive off the (laughs) oxygen of other creatures. (laughs) And you were like, that doesn't make any sense. That's a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
So, so now that we have that, you know, little teaser of our last episode on cryptids, where are we going to jump in with this episode? Is uh, it Chupacabras again? No, actually. Chupacabras 2? <laughs> the Chupacabriest? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was actually going to talk about, so I wanted to make a connection to the previous episode. We talked about Nessie. And mm-hmm. and we kind of decided that Nessie was a um, a plesiosaur that had it was like several generations of plesiosaurs. It was fertilized eggs that were frozen in the in the muck underneath the lake, or not frozen, but like in stasis in the in the. Is that what we decided? Yeah, and so that sounds halfway familiar. Yeah, as the sediment gets eroded away new plesiosaur come up they get hatched and that's nessie mm-hmm. so nessie's like brothers and sisters of other nessies that get spotted mm-hmm. now the question i have is that there's actually a pretty common plesiosaurs are pretty common cryptids there's one yeah, there like, are kind of a lot of them. there's a ton there's like one in like michigan there's a japanese one i think there's one in south america so i wanted to address do we think that all these plesiosaur are like are they related is it connected are they all this exact same mechanism um i mean it would probably either be the same or similar mechanisms or there are tunnels connecting all these lakes and it's just the same plesiosaur yes tunnels that we've never seen (laughs) big enough to fit a plesiosaur yep yes and if and just like that tunnel that would go from Scotland <laughs> to Japan. <laughs> and yeah, no, you haven't seen it? <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that that tunnel existing. <laughs> it was a whole thing when they were uh, building the Large Hadron Collider. Oh, oh, oh. When they had to... They, they had to go around the tunnels. The tunnels. I think the tunnel actually is through the middle of it. Oh, so the, the, the Large Hadron Collider is like a donut. Like, yeah. more of a donut than we think of it being a donut. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's like a donut. It's like a donutception. It's a donut in a donut. <laughs> you get it. Is that... It, could you make, like, a turducken out of a... Like, is that, like, a turducken but a out donut? Out of Oh, you could... I'm sure you could do that. Do you think dinosaur would taste good? Uh... I feel like not. It probably wouldn't be bad. Yeah, I guess, like, frog's not bad, and, like, lizard isn't supposed to be like, bad. Yeah, like, birds are good. Oh, that's sure, birds I guess. Birds are dinosaurs, kind of technically. probably taste like chicken, wouldn't they? Yeah, right? Huh. Now I kind of want to... Do you think that there's ever going to be a time where we, like, do Jurassic Park, but we just do it to eat the animals? I mean, I'd be into it. I feel like... I was about to say, I feel like raising an animal just to eat it is an unethical, and then I realized, how does it exist? <laughs> that, that happens a lot, and that is an argument that is made today. <laughs> mm. uh, and I guess, I guess, genetically, ins- I guess eating endangered species to me seems unethical. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. That was just something I wanted to address. Right. I want to start off with, let's start off with this one. Everybody knows it. It's uh, it's the Kraken. Good old Kraken. It's that fellow that gets released in that movie. Mm-hmm. So, he's uh, well, he's a giant squid, apparently. But he's not like a giant squid. He's a giant, giant squid. squid. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Sorry, listener, I have a liners in, so squid is a hard word to say. So the, the question is, and, and so it's, it's, it's Scandinavian water. So it's a cold water, like northern squid. Uh, and it's the size enough to crush ships. Right. I guess the, the question is, how does a squid get that large? Uh, aren't squids kind of deep ocean creatures? Uh, I mean, they can be, like, actual giant squids tend to be, I believe. Yeah. I do have to say, a lot of these illustrations of Kraken, they look a lot more like an octopus than a squid. Maybe is it a really an octopus? I don't know. I see a lot of squid-like ones. They got, like, the long heads. A uh, lot of the ones that I'm seeing on my Google search have, like, kind of the bulbousy octopus heads. So there's that. Is it actually a giant squid? And also, why is it taking down ships? Because uh, cause it seems like it really likes to take down ships. I mean, is it that it likes to take down ships, or is it just passing, like, ships are passing through their territory? It or could be that. I feel like... Do they think that it's, like, a prey animal? But, like, if it's a prey animal, do they want to eat the ships? I feel like ships don't have a lot of nutrition. Flavor. Or, or that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nutrition makes a lot more sense than flavor. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I think... Hmm. It probably would be uh, an issue of defending territory than... Uh, of hunger. Feeding. Because, yeah, all of the depictions, like the crew of the ship are fighting back and if i got shot and stabbed a lot i'd just leave like if i thought i was about to eat like get a nice Uh, easy meal you know that makes a lot of sense it's kind of like a bear like bears are more likely to leave if they're in immense pain because they don't really want they don't need to eat you Mm -hmm. they're really just defending their territory or their cubs or something right I, I I agree with this. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Do we think it's it's okay? Do we think it still eats the sailors like as like a as like a side like a like a hors d'oeuvre or or Um, I mean, I think if it were to get its hands on a sailor, it wouldn't not eat them. Okay, but I think that would be more of like. You know, an afterthought after sinking whatever is passing through its territory. Okay. Well, and, and here's I guess a- the other issue would then be like, what creature like just has open water as its territory necessarily, or is that just I, 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 the range that a kraken would live in, and they just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time? Um. It's true. I was also thinking, like, if it's, like, like, how does it breed? How does it remain going? Like, if if there's an entire race of these things, you would think we would, if they wouldn't be cryptids anymore, they would be a normal, just giant squid. So, mm-hmm. so why, is there only one of them? Is it just very rare that they breed? I, I think in answer to your question, I think maybe it's like... It's not territory as we see it as terrestrial creatures. So we're like, this is mm-hmm. our land. Anything that goes beyond this land is just, you know, right. whatever. Right. Maybe because- I guess all these depictions do have too many arms for octopus, though. 
How many arms do Squidge have? 20? 25? Uh, more than 8. Or <laughs> less than 20, more than 8. <laughs> yeah. So, well, what I was thinking is that maybe because of its size, it it sees territory as being, like, the surrounding, like, 50 meters, like, in a bubble around it. Mm-hmm. So anything that's, like, with that close to it, it feels as threatening it. And it wants to just kill. Although the mm. other thing is, why doesn't it just like slaughter all the sea creatures that are around it? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So I'm thinking it might be like along the lines of uh, giant squid, where it is a deep sea creature. It comes up closer to the surface to feed, and it just has a very aggressive feeding response because. Like, it needs to feed. Like, it only feeds when it's on its last legs. Mm, like, it's almost like a hibernating creature. Right, right. Mm. And so it just, like, kind of consumes everything that's near it, and then it sinks back into the deep ocean. Mm-hmm. Mm. That'll explain, you know, why they aren't run into as often. Because they're just so deep. Yeah, right. I like that. You just kind of, like, sit on the on the ocean floor. Mm-hmm. So we're going with that this is not just like a one-off. This is a race of creatures called Krakens. Oh, yeah. There's there's a whole like Sweet. population of these bad boys. Hmm. I, I, I like that. They're kind of like... Um, is it goby fish? The fish that lie on their uh, sides? Fish that what? Lie on their sides. If they're goby fish. Maybe they're stonefish. Maybe goby fish are like normal fish. I think like there's a bunch of kinds that do that. Oh, that's also probably true. Yeah. Do we think definitely not goby fish? I I also like this idea. Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe it is an octopus and not a squid, and it also has like a um, an octopi's octopuses octopuses octopodes octopodes. It has an octopodes ability to uh, to camouflage. I don't know if octopodes is actually true. It's, I'm just shoehorning Greek into the rest of the word. It is not correct. <laughs> <laughs> But do you think it has those that ability to camouflage? Like that's what it does. Like it like sits on the ocean floor, and instead of camouflaging as like a little rock, it camouflages like a really big rock. Just as the entire ocean floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think we don't even necessarily have to worry about like why we haven't found it on the ocean floor because every time we explore that deep, we find new species anyway. That's true, and it's probably it probably kills, you know, humans that they get close enough to it, thinks they're food. Mm-hmm. Gobbles them up whole. Right? Yeah, probably. It's a horrific death. <laughs> I can see the wave well, forms. I mean, what are light. you going to do? Never go to sea. Stay on Yeah, land. easy solution. I've played Subnautica <laughs> ever. Never have to go to the ocean again. Yep. Never go to the ocean. If... If we were meant to be on the ocean, we'd have gills and fins. <laughs> That's actually clearly only kind of true. Humans are the only primates that can go underwater because of our down. Like, I mean, I think other primates can go underwater. I mean, yeah, but they they drown. They don't just pop. They're, they water fills their nose and they can't breathe. Hmm. Humans, because of their downward facing noses, can create like the little like pressure bubbles. That allows them oh, I to, see. yeah. Huh. Never considered that. Uh-huh. It's part of the aquatic human theory, which is uh, scientifically incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But it is very interesting because it's like a really well thought out theory. But you're also like, except that they grew, they're developed in savannas, nowhere near water. Right. <laughs> cool. You got you got anything you want to bring in? Because I knew you were looking at stuff. Probably something that might be interesting would be the bat squatch. Oh yeah, this is the one you sent me that looks like uh, half werewolf, half vampire. Yeah. So yeah, the description like half werewolf, half vampire isn't. <laughs> really that far off it's like a werewolf with giant i mean i would say bat wings but they're definitely not bat wings oh yeah well well have, uh, have you ever seen van helsing with keanu reeves hmm? no it's not keanu reeves it's it's wolverine isn't it what van helsing doesn't have keanu reeves oh van helsing no i was thinking i don't know what the hell was i thinking i don't know hmm. Wait, think, not even. i don't Matrix? know what i was thinking <laughs> constantine that's what i was thinking oh yeah very different movies different guy <laughs> would be pretty cool to watch him fight but yes very different i mean obviously constantine i've actually now read a couple of like thought pieces about how constantine is actually too overpowered in the comics and i'm like yeah, yeah. but do we care <laughs> <laughs> No, it's it's Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman. And, okay. And Kate Beckinsale. Sure. Uh, uh, so, this is for the listener. I don't know. If, have you seen it, Jeff? No, absolutely not. Okay, so there's a scene where the friar guy sees a ping-ping, and he, like, unlocks a secret in it, and it tells him, like, this, the, the history of, like, the werewolves and the vampires. The mm-hmm. description that Jeff sent me, like the little picture, it looks exactly like that werewolf and vampires smushed together. Like, identically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just kind of like, in your brain, listener, remember that one scene from Van Helsing, which I know you remember. <laughs> you gotta dig deep. It's in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. That was just a little digression. So, describe it, uh, beyond its its visible, physical appearance. Yeah, description, uh, apparently reported to have yellow eyes, a wolf-like muzzle, blue fur, sharp teeth, bird-like feet, mm. leathery bat wings, span up to 50 feet. Apparently it's 9 foot tall, and cool. has the ability to affect car engines. Whoa. So this is like a lot of animals <laughs> mashed up into one thing. And a lot of apparently. questions. Like, why would a creature with fur also have wings? Well, bats. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know why I didn't remember bats existed. <laughs> They're very sneaky. They are. I feel like bats are kind of an anomaly because you would think that, like, feathers really help with, like, the aerodynamics of flight. Mm-hmm. But bats are furry. They're... They actually got quite a bit of fur. Not on their wings, but on their bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're weird. They're very weird. Anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> so I guess we answer that. We can just accept that they're just, they're bat-like. What were the other things they got? Blue fur? Why do they have blue fur? Uh, Ooh, blue fur. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, do you know... Is blue like a naturally occurring fur color? Very rare. Like, you could just probably describe, like, gray wolves maybe like it only happens in like very silvery or very pale creatures yeah yeah so for the blue fur that could just be as like an iridescence yeah that yeah but what i'm thinking is actually so so you know how birds have like light underbellies and dark tops because 
if you're a creature looking at the sky, it's hard to see light. Mm-hmm. And if you're a creature looking down at the ground, it's hard to see dark. Right. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe the blue fur is like like an uh, 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 like a defense mechanism for when it's like in a the camouflage s- sort of like that when it's in the sky. Yeah, during the day at least. Maybe right. What's what's the other things about so it? I guess why would it have uh, bird like feet? And I mean, when they describe bird like feet, looking at the illustration here, um, I mean, it looks like it has like kind of. You know, a dog foot sort of look where, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's just up on the toes and the rest of the foot kind of looks like where the leg should be. Yeah, it's like Um, the dog leg. But, yeah, but the toes just are bird talons. (laughs) (laughs) I, I agree with that. So, I mean, I'm wondering if it's like, I feel like I'm, I'm just adding fuel to the fire here but but maybe it's kind of like an ostrich it's not like a dog leg but like an ostrich leg so it can run on the ground instead of See, like a bird. what i'm thinking is that it started as like the dog leg and then became more bird leg like because it's perching hmm. so you think it okay I mean, so you think it's just like it's it's more of like a, a, a an analogous structure to a bird rather than an actual descendant of a bird. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean that makes sense. All of the all of the bat squatches that couldn't hide in trees because they fell out of them died. <laughs> well, well, I like that. I would also say I think in support of my running theory, large flying creatures like the birds that like waterfowl that are very large. They need mm-hmm. a really large area to take off in because they need to build up speed. Mm-hmm. So maybe the reason it has like running legs is so that it can build up speed when it needs to take off and jump when it needs to take off. Okay, yeah, that makes sense because if it like swoops down or like you know has to stop to get food and it isn't somewhere high where it can just like dive Fall until style. it gets enough lift. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, yeah. It's got to have pretty pretty big wings. Oh, yeah. No, they're the entire size of the body in in this illustration. All nine foot of it. But I mean, like, I feel like wings are even larger than... Because I'm thinking, like, unless it has pneumatized bones... Oh, I guess it does say that it... The wings have a 50-foot span. I don't know... That sounds more correct. The normal span of a bird wing. Well, we gotta think of a non... So what, albatross is non-humanicized? No, it's the other one there. It's another waterfowl. Oh yeah, it looks like an albatross has the largest wingspan at 12 foot. Yeah, but an albatross is only like 2 feet tall. Two feet tall? That sounds about right. I've never seen an albatross. I'm actually just guessing. Yeah, no, at I've that. never actually seen an albatross to know how big they are. Yeah, and in fact, um, I guess like any birds that get any bigger just don't fly. Uh, well, no, a California condor flies. It's the largest bird. It doesn't have a large wingspan because it doesn't fly long distances. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's 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 what. Yeah, I guess yeah. that's the other thing. This doesn't really describe. 
like how much it like the the bat squatch flies <laughs> it doesn't go into like oh here's its hunting territories and here's its... yeah like i mean i don't know if it's like hunting from the air or if it's like a flying fox where it just kind of uses the wings to glide just to kind of move around very quickly and then land and, mm-hmm. and hunt i feel like it does i feel like it does hunt like it, its version of hunting is like a raptor because that's it looks like it has got raptor Talons. yeah like that's, that's the, what i would think and so it, it probably lands on its prey and tries to break its neck mm-hmm. and then maybe fly off maybe just eat it right there and then it runs to get speed and jumps and into the air and flies away jumps off yeah god so yeah like the biggest question about it though mm-hmm. is it also does reportedly have the ability to affect car engines See, I-, I do not know <laughs> how we can explain that one away like, the rest of it kind of makes sense. Like, alright, whatever. It's a big, awkward bird. <laughs> uh, Those exist in real life. We get it. <laughs> also, <laughs> right. That also can just turn off your car. Because maybe it's less Ooh. like a yeah. mystical ability to affect car engines. And it just, like, reaches in and turns the ignition off. <laughs> like like it's an intelligent creature. But like, like it shushes you and, like, don't tell anyone. And, like, just takes your keys and throws them into the woods so you can't follow it. I love that. <laughs> and I like the fact that maybe the reason that people think it's mystical ability is because, like, the people that this happens to feel really bad about being tricked by a bird monster. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just like they, they, they do this and then they go, no one will believe you, and then they run away and fly off. <laughs> no one... <laughs> In this scenario, these I talk. <laughs> love that explanation because, like, no one will believe that this happened, and the person misinterprets it as like they took the keys and threw it in the woods. Yeah. So, like, yeah, just standing there, turned it off, and like, no, like, <coughs> thought even crossed their mind that they're talking about the entire bat squatch and not the engine thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Best watch is like these guys are idiots. God. <laughs> so I like that idea. I would like to throw out maybe a little bit more of a of a scientific idea. Uh, okay. So you know how. So what's your actual so, scientific explanation? Uh, 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 birds that migrate have those magnets right. in their brain that tell them which direction to go. Right? Okay, it just has bigger magnets. It has like really big magnets in its brain. So big that they that they can physically shut off the electronics <laughs> of a car. Alright. Uh I feel like that opens up more questions. Like how does their head not get stuck to the car? <laughs> because it's not a magnetic field, it's an electric field. Oh, right, right, right. They're like constantly getting off electromagnetic pulses to figure out the magnetic field of the earth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah all right i mean uh so either we have two it's <laughs> slightly more scientific of an explanation than like a real <laughs> like just troll of a bat squash that hurls your car keys into the woods and flies away uh yeah, I, I feel like that's good enough, right? 
I mean, it's better than what I got. Mine was real silly. I like yours better only because I, <laughs> I think it's just, I think it's just great. I think that that, I think <laughs> more of our explanation should just be that they actually just do a normal thing and then people just say it's mystical. <laughs> Misrepresent it. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that we want to talk about for this guy? Uh, for this guy? Let's see. Let's dip into this wiki, see if there's anything else interesting. Nope, that's it. Just a couple of anecdotal sightings. Well, then I'm going to bring up, because we're already on uh, the Sasquatch Eye, uh, the, the genus Sasquatches. <laughs> yeah, Sasquatchities. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. There's a there's an ape called the skunk ape from Florida, but it's mm-hmm. also called the swamp cabbage man. <laughs> I did not know that part. <laughs> oh I yeah, knew the skunk ape existed. <laughs> oh yeah, I, if it's from Florida, it's got to be weird. So it kind of resembles <laughs> weirder than just the skunk ape. They needed a new name. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of resembles a uh, uh, an orangutan. And it seems like it's just like a really big ape. It's just a really yeah, big ape. Yeah, it looks more more like non-human primate than than Bigfoot does. Yes. However, I am wondering, do we think that the skunk ape is still related? So we thought that the Yeti was just the high altitude, cold climate version mm-hmm. of the Bigfoot. Is this like an Australopithecus version of the Sasquatch? Maybe. Like, I can see that being an option. Um, like on the on the on the SATs, it's it's you know like uh, Australopithecus is to Homo as Skunk Ape is Skunk to Ape is to Bigfoot. Bigfoot, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I. Definitely can see that. Also called the Swamp I guess, Scotch. So, swamp Scotch? I have so many other names. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. The majority of this Wikipedia page <laughs> is just names. It's just other names <laughs> just for it. other names for it. I think probably what would be worthwhile to discuss uh, would be differences between Bigfoot and the Skunk Ape. Mm. things that like kind of differentiate them so they're 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 smaller uh it's got more it's got well red fur instead of brown fur uh it's got Mm. like i'm saying that it has glowing eyes maybe i don't i don't think it has glowing eyes i think it has like white patches where its eyes are like a like a inverse panda (laughs) a negative panda that that makes more sense I don't know if that's the case. I mean, this wiki that I'm looking at describes it as having glowing eyes. Let me send you, uh, because it is almost as good as the Bat Squatch. As the Bat Squatch. You got it. And here you go. Nope. That's plus. Enter. Ooh. Yeah, that's a real that's creepy a, fella. That's a real good picture. But he looks like he's a lot shorter. He's got longer hair, longer arms, bigger arms, too. He, so he yeah, very he much seems like he's like, more hunched like, over, though. So it might not necessarily be yeah. that they're smaller. They just don't have, like... But that they just have underdeveloped... Uh, 
like they just don't stand upright. Oh my gosh! Like like the big. So so yeah, it's nightmare fuel though. <laughs> it is. It's very scary. It's not. It's not a pleasant thing to look at at all. So do we think like so? I I, I this is why I'm thinking it's like the Australopithecus version of mm-hmm. of Bigfoot, which would imply that the Bigfoot genus originated in Florida. And could be, and, yeah. and maybe it happened to crossbreed with some of the people there. I mean, it is Florida. Say? <laughs> but not not to disparage any of our Florida listeners, y'all are very ambitious. Yeah, hence the skunk ape. Exactly, and the reason it's called a skunk ape is just because it smells real bad. Yeah, but that do just... you think that is like just a smell that it makes, or does it just like eat actual garbage? And that's just what it smells like because it rolls around in dumpsters now. See, I have a theory about it. I guess if it was in dumpsters, we would see them a lot more often, though, huh? It's true. I have a theory about skunking. All right. Lay it on me. So, like, when you look at, like, Neanderthals and, like, a lot of the human humanoids, uh, mm-hmm. they are either outcompeted by and, and killed or are uh, outbred and, like, get assimilated right. into humanity. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it this is that that when the Bigfoot Bigfootus Sasquatch Sasquatch Bigfootus yeah yeah started and, mm-hmm. and became big and they also had similar things so there's so they start killing off the other Sasquatch like creatures around it they outcompete or outright right. uh, uh, but they don't do that with the skunk ape because the skunk ape is then selected for. Because it smells bad. They don't want to be near it and they don't want to mate with Okay. It. I can see that. I like that. I like it. Yeah. And and and, and it's different enough. It's it's you know, it's the Sasquatch doesn't like being around enough. The Sasquatch just even as it proliferated the world, the skunk ape, its primitive form, remained behind untouched. Mm-hmm. And smelly. <laughs> and very smelly. <laughs> very smelly. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boy, we've gone to a lot of the, like, genealogy of Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> There's always more Sasquatch. That'll be, if we ever write a book about this podcast, it should definitely be the genealogy it of Sasquatch. It should just be 90% Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, well, so that's the skunk game. It's a fun little thing. You got, you got one yeah. you want to do? Let's go with the old cactus cat. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about this one. <laughs> Yeah, I have not read this yet, but I did read the user comments about it. Went right to the good bits. (laughs) Uh, It's described as a bobcat-like animal with thorn-like fur, sharp bones protruding from its front legs and branched tail. Whoa. So we're talking about, like, the X-Men porcupine. Yeah. But a cat. Right. Does it have fur, or does it just have... Spines. It has thorn-like fur. So I think it's just spines. So I think, if I may. Uh-huh. God, wow. Words are just, they're just, they're, they don't, they're not coming to me today. <laughs> I don't think that, I think this is a misnomer. I don't think it's a real cat. I think okay. it's a conspiracy it's an and a hoax. Cactus. It's a real cactus. It's a cactus. That part's not a misnomer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a walking cactus. No, I think it's a, I think it's a lizard. 
I think because I think it's a lizard. The way you're describing it, it looks like, it, or or in my brain, it sounds like the the mm-hmm. spined lizards, like bearded lizards, not bearded lizards. Yeah, I guess they kind of have spines in their beards. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So so that's close. But there's also those like hard shell lizards that like curl up into balls. Not armadillos, because I know that's what you're thinking. Like they're not dragon lizards. Shoot. But you know what I'm talking what? about? Is it the one that's adorable? Yeah, the one that's like insanely like it's very small, covered in spines. Uh, it's like I that hedgehog version. Literally was just listening to a podcast that discussed them earlier today and I cannot remember their name. Oh spiny lizards are a thing and they're close enough. <laughs> I'll say it sometime later in the podcast when I remember. Don't worry about it. Yeah, so that's what I, that's what I think it is. Does it but does it look like a cat? Like does it have like cat like facial features let me see what the description says it says described as a bobcat so i mean it might just be generally bobcat sized which but but uh, it could be whatever at that point i mean well let's take it i mean if i describe something as bobcat-esque mm-hmm. i'm talking it, it has to have ears which lizards don't have i mean well, right. they don't have it has to have, like, visible ears, I guess you should say. Yeah, like external yeah. to, like, focus the sound. Yeah. Um, and it's probably got, like, the cat-like paws, which lizards also don't have. So... I mean, I feel like who's getting close enough to, like, specifically examine, like, yeah, no, it's got cat-like paws, it's a, it's a cat, when it is made of spines. <laughs> I mean, we got. Like, I feel like that's where I'd be like, you know what? That could stab me to death. I'm good over here. Obviously, you don't know that many ecologists because. Yeah, I was going to say, I do say that. I have jumped into the middle of very stagnant water to get a frog, though. Oh, yeah. And you can, like, touch bugs and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. You already. You're. You are already. Yeah, uh, no. Unreliable I, I, witness. You have defeated my <laughs> argument. I am also an ecologist. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, they would for sure be like, that is a weird-looking creature. I'm going to go touch it and see if it hurts. Yeah, yeah. Now that's people. Yeah, particularly wildlife people. Weirdos. <laughs> I can say that because my girlfriend will never listen to this episode. <laughs> I do realize that I will be editing it while she is there. And she will have to <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> Well, no, I'll edit it with headphones on, probably. Because uh, mm-hmm. nobody ever wants to edit. No one wants to hear this part of the Their podcast. Voice. <laughs> <laughs> the middle part? No, the part where we're talking. <laughs> people just want an hour of silence. That's why people listen to podcasts. It's just like, I just want to just, I want everyone just to shut up. <laughs> just sleep for the I just want to pretend like I'm focusing on work. Uh, with headphones in so no one can talk to me. Exactly. So I, I feel like it has to have more cat-like features. So mm-hmm. I would say ears are something that's pretty identifiable that lizards don't have but cats do. Mm-hmm. Why do we think it has ears or do we think that it's something else? Do we think it has like horns that look like ears? I mean, it definitely is a valid option. Uh, I mean, the descriptions I'm saying don't specifically describe the ears themselves. Mm-hmm. 
but just as bobcat-like. Boy, that's a difficult thing. Cause yeah, no, that is a very vague description. It is, because I could get and, on all fours, and I could describe myself as bobcat-like. And I am not a cryptid. <laughs> well, <laughs> we don't know about that. It's very true. Aren't we all cryptids at heart? Right. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess we gotta <laughs> get... I'm just gonna, like, cold end, that's it. Cold end. <laughs> and that's the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, well, I like that. I like the idea that maybe it has, like, it has horns. And maybe it does have ears. Like, what I'm thinking is, like, mm-hmm. the, the ear holes that lizards have, maybe it's, it's are right. open. And, like, but the, the spines cover it. So it looks like a, like a mammalian or external ear, but it's not. Okay. So it has, and like, just to throw, to throw people off. Well, it's still oh, like here, cat. We already it's... got cats. We don't need to catch this one. <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, what was the Futurama cre- uh, creature? Uh, the uh, uh, it was the, the one that that makes fun of scientists. Like that's a, that's its mating call, and it has just a big old target oh, on the front of it. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was it was one of the extinct creatures that they found in in one of the movies. Was that this creature that his entire oh, mating call? I haven't just... seen it then. Uh, yeah, I, I think that that's what it is. I think it has open holes, and that way it can, it can hear better. It's a hearing thing for, like, bugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, do we want to do one more? I don't know how much uh, this episode I mean, is usable, so... How how deep into this episode are we? Uh, about 50 minutes. 50 minutes-ish? Yeah. Do we want to just go over the Mongolian death worm? Uh, well, I mean, we might as well. Everyone loves a good death worm. Okay. So here's kind of a strange twist him, twist him up. Oh, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, I mean, a, a zig, zig. Yeah, that's zag. that's a zig, a zig. There you go. There, this is a good like zig. <laughs> you thought we were gonna zag, but we went and zigged on you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is a cryptid that's a parasite. Okay. So it's apparently a large intestinal worm that existed in the Gobi Desert. Right. Oh, let me read this real quick. <laughs> uh, okay, and touching any part of the worm will cause instant death and tremendous pain. Oh, I didn't see that part. It frequently preyed on camels and laid eggs in its intestines. On camels it's, or cannibals? Uh, camels, sorry. Aligners. Okay. <laughs> uh, its venom corrodes metal and All right. folklore says it has a predilection for the color yellow. All right, that's a terrifying thing. <laughs> it is. Well, it is called the Mongolian death worm. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I thought it might have been a misnomer. I think <laughs> <laughs> it's not. You're right. You're like this is the this is the Minnesotan apocalypse beetle, and you're like, yeah, but it's really just like a <laughs> normal beetle. <laughs> It's, it's normal beetle. It has slightly bigger eyes than normal, so it looks real cute. <laughs> it looks real cute. <laughs> What's the... Oh, from a series of unfortunate events. I just watched my roommate walk by, and I'm pretty sure he left because I was talking too long. <laughs> the the series of unfortunate event, the the right. the most venomous snake, the like right. it's like called the death viper or something like that, and it has it's a actually like a constrictor and doesn't. <laughs> It's like mm-hmm. it's like a pit bull. It's like the pit bull of snakes. Okay, I, I'm just referencing it. It's something that's kind of like we were talking about 
it being a misnomer. That is like a cultural reference that you should know. That is a misnomer. Oh yeah, I don't it. know it. Sometimes I, I can't tell. No, if, if a... you've noticed at this point, but I'm bad at like any kind of pop culture. Yeah, I get, it. I get it. I've seen, you've seen, <laughs> you've seen Mushi Shishi like twenty five times. Yeah, probably thereabouts. You've never seen a single episode of Scrubs. I get it. <laughs> uh, well, you've I've maybe watched Scrubs as much as Mushishi. Oh, well, that's good because Scrubs is great. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's, yeah, it's like the yeah. Anyway, this is this is a cryptid. <laughs> anyway, episode. Mongolian deathworms. Mongolian deathworms. Let me say this as a as a as a um a weekend chemist is what I'm going to call myself as a chemical engineer who is now an environmental <laughs> okay. engineer. Right. Metal. Uh, acids corrode metal, so it has to have acidic venom. Is how what I would say. Yeah, that tracks. So the question is, why does it cause instant death? I like how it says instant death and tremendous pain. Instant <laughs> death would imply you weren't feeling pain. Does this mean that it's just an immense amount of pain that sends you into shock, or is it that it's so painful that it? In the afterlife, you are in pain. <laughs> After you are dead, your nerves are still firing, being like, this is bad. Uh, I Ooh. think it would be easier to explain mine. I disagree. So. <laughs> so here's how the afterlife works. So here's how the afterlife Welcome to the cryptid episode. <laughs> <laughs> Will we finally break down that religion wall? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, what I'm thinking is that maybe it's 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 like skin secretions are highly electrically conductive and charged, so that to the point that even after the the body is dead, pain receptors mm-hmm. still fire. So it it is firing those pain receptors. It's like um those things jellyfish. You know, how, like okay. you know, how, like jellyfish have like those chemicals that uh, just like intensify pain. It's like mm-hmm. that, but to an extreme measure, to where it can actually fire receptors on its own. Okay, yeah, yeah. Why would it do that? I, like, I, would it help it move through the sand? Do you reckon? Yeah, I feel like it's it's just a it's just a defense mechanism. Like like before, it caused instant death. Maybe it caused instant death to humans because we're weak and fragile and stupid. <laughs> but camels, I feel like. Seven foot long desert worm wouldn't need that hardcore of a defense mechanism. Like something like that sounds like it would be pretty like energetically expensive. Jeff, I had such a cool idea. Um, no, like it's a cool idea. I'm happy to work with it. Like, how is it being electrically charged, helping it move through sand? Like. Maybe it's not. That's your angle. The owl, well, what if it's like this? Mm-hmm. What if moving through sand is what electrically charges it? Because cause that's what sand does. Sand sand can, can deposit a static charge on a substance. Okay, so it's just it's this horrendously statically charged creature. Yeah, it's like a, like an electric eel. But instead of generating its okay. own charge, it, it has charge inside of it. Uh, that's that sounds very stupid, but 
Well, I mean, if it's just constantly moving through sand, generating a charge, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not storing it inside of it. Yeah. It just is a lot of charge, and it all discharges on, like, one real unfortunate person. That touches it, exactly. So maybe it's not the... Yeah, so what is the instant death thing? Do we think that the... the char- I don't think the charge is so great it's causing a heart attack. I think that might be implausible. Uh, I don't know... It takes... Okay. What else would cause instant death? Well, well. so here's the thing. Static electricity doesn't have a lot of amperage. It has a lot of voltage. Mm-hmm. Right. What kills you is amperage, not voltage. Right. So... It would have to build up an immeasurable static charge without discharging it to the world to kill someone. Mm-hmm. Is it so? So maybe the instant death part is that it just also has venom. But you also you think that it because I, I agree. Okay, I'm gonna say this. I agree with you that it's weird that an intestinal worm would have secretions that cause instant death in humans. Right. Maybe. Uh, here's the thing. Going back to the guinea worm. Uh, guinea worms mm-hmm. can produce great. My favorite, everyone's favorite. <laughs> everyone's favorite. It's not terrifying at all, and it's not the reason that right. we should all love Jimmy Carter. Maybe it's like a it's like a painkiller that it releases, like it produces fentanyl, and it's just so toxic that if you were to touch it, it it's it's an opioid overdose, and you stop breathing and you die. Okay, uh, I guess I'm more okay with that than. Because it's pretty common for, for parasites, particularly intestinal parasites, to produce pain relievers so that your body doesn't know that it has an intestinal parasite. Right. And maybe camels are just real good at digesting opioids. Yeah, so I like that in that it, you know, started out, you know, its evolutionary existence as just a normal parasite for some reason over time grew to be seven foot long as a species <laughs> and it just retains that secretion yeah well it may it may need creatures to to lay eggs in and so the grown I mean, creature is seven feet long the babies are like you know maybe a couple of inches but you gotta poop them out right well these are described as two to seven foot long i don't know if those are like the subadult and adult sizes or if that's just like Oh, look, a baby death worm, two foot. Because that's <laughs> going to be like a real the adults big are camel. <laughs> it could be. Uh, I think because we don't know, this is our opportunity to just assume. The, <laughs> this is the point in time where uh, you get the little star going across the screen and it just says, the more you assume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think we could assume that it just it lays its eggs in creature's intestines and then it mm-hmm. from there it you know once they hatch they get expelled <laughs> they are excreted expelled and then suddenly grow to be two foot long yeah and if you think about it it makes a lot of sense it's it's energetically less strenuous to have something else take care of your eggs mm-hmm. and create it for another creature than for you to take care of your own eggs oh yeah definitely so yeah I think we got that. Why does it have a predilection for the color yellow? Uh, uh, I mean, does it have eyes? I don't even know if it has eyes. I don't know either, but it would make sense that if it 
was like instead of living in the large intestine, it lived in the small intestine, and it was attracted to the color of urine. Is it attracted to the color yellow, or it just says what I'm reading here is covers its prey in an acidic substance that turns everything a corroded yellow color. So maybe it's attracted to that because that's like it feeds oh, on yeah, yeah, yeah. yellow because its acid turns it yellow. Yeah, it's got like chromium. It's got chromium seven in its uh mm-hmm. <laughs> in its acid acid breath. You know that that Mongolian death and just like a, a real underdeveloped eye that can only see one one yellow one wavelength not yellow. Yeah, <laughs> just one wavelength. Although now that I think about it, I guess there's a couple of metals that like combined can create yellow, and yellow you could assume might be like a broad definition. Mm-hmm. Like sodium is technically red, but it's kind of an orange, which you can maybe describe as yellow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, then we get into uh, color theory and all of the different things that different cultures call different colors. That's also very true. Yeah. So who's to say? But I like the idea that it's maybe attracted to the color of its own, of what it knows is being digested. Right, so like yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it might even have like a like a sulfur-based acid. Uh, probably not sulfuric acid, because that wouldn't do this. But like, uh, uh, <laughs> right. but like to the point where if sulfur, which is yellow, gets released, it knows it's organic material that's being broken down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Cool. Wow, we made it through even fewer cryptids than we did last time. <laughs> <laughs> is kind of surprising. It is. We spent a lot of time on that, whatever that thing was, the bear wolf thing. Bat Squatch? Is that what it was? Oh, th- this episode. Yeah, we did spend a lot of time on Bat Squatch. It didn't feel like a lot of time, though. It was like 20 minutes. Yeah, oh, it, huh. it passes Whoops. by when you're talking about the Bat Squatch, you're just having fun. Yeah, right? I hope everyone had as much fun as we did. It's true. Because apparently that was a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a good half the episode, probably. It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. So now that half the episode is Bat Squatch, let's do a nice, long, rambly outro so it's only a third of the episode. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for listening, listener. We enjoyed having you. Yeah. You should, you should like and subscribe to us on all your podcasting apps. You should leave us yep, every one of them. Leave us reviews, which is something we haven't asked for in a little while, but they help. I we assume maybe it's yeah, very. We hear confusing. other podcasters saying they help, so we assume they do. They know what they're doing. I, we don't. I don't actually think that they even know if they help or not. I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone has the disclaimer of they help. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> but it would be good. I mean, it helps other people find us, um, recommend us. Yeah, to your friends. it can't hurt. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're just we're entrepreneurs. Very bad entrepreneurs. <laughs> entrepreneurs that are getting into a, a business model that has pretty much been overdone for the past I don't know decade. <laughs> yeah, thereabouts. Um, what else? Uh, all of our episodes are up on YouTube. If you want to also listen to us there, or if you have friends who are like, I don't like podcasting apps, and they want to listen to us on YouTube. <laughs> yep, that's also an option. It is. I know people like this, so we're on Twitter at phandwavium. Yep, we're on Twitter. We have a website at pedanticandwavium.com or phandwavium.com. I said at again. It's not at. It's just pedantichandwavium. I don't know. I'll edit it. In. I'll edit this out if I. Oh, said well, it I mean, I thought you meant like 
we are at this website. You know, Pedanticandwavium.com. I'll figure I it out. I should keep saying it <laughs> so people have more, like... So it gets stuck in the brain. Repetition. Exposure to it. Yeah. Pedanticandwavium.com. 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 That's the one. Yeah. I like that website. I go to it all the time. I have a bookmarked as pedanticandwavium.com. Oh. I usually go to phandwavium.com, which I think brings you to the same place. That is pretty nice. I mean, that's a little bit shorter. phandwavium.com, and, and it's easy to remember because it's just like pedanticandwavium.com. You know what? I, I think everyone <laughs> should you really... you don't have to remember the word pedantic every time. <laughs> exactly, or how to spell it, because we spelled it incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> it is spelled yep. correctly. We should probably take up pedanticandwavium.com because... Thanks to Joe Sobchak for our music. He he made it. It was very nice of him. Is there anything else? I think that's about it. Yeah. Well, this was fun. It. Hey, shortest outro ever. Sh- we are right to the point. <laughs> <laughs> I hope uh, hope you all enjoyed Cryptids too. Yeah. We'll see you next time. We'll see. We love you. Have a good night.